Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Main Menu for Friday, November 20th. I'm Randy Rusnak, along with my co-host, Jason Castanguay. In the very early 2000s, we heard this sound. Email. That was the sound of Freedom Box in its early days. This week, we hear from Mike Calvo, CEO and founder of... Serotech. He's not talking about Freedom Box. He's not talking about system access. He's talking about his new product. Let's join Mike, Jason, and myself and find out what's happening at Serotech. Hey, thanks for uh, inviting me onto the program. Yeah. So, what's going on at Serotech? Give me some uh, information. How how did this all start out? There's a lot going on at Serotech, Randy okay. and Jason. We are busy. Um, you know, Serotech has changed tremendously over the last year, and we've kind of posted some things. I think it's safe to say that our industry is a changing, you know, as far as assistive technologies. Um, the AT industry, you know, when I first became uh, active, really active in this community in 2002, and Jonathan originally had me on this very program. Uh, back in the day, you know, it was an entirely different industry than it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, today, well, back then, I mean, I remember going places with my trusty, rusty Motorola phone that I would tell it, you know, call home after somebody programmed, you know, programmed it for me with with uh, with the dial, you know, dial thing, and we would still have to remember phone numbers as blind people. Do you guys remember remembering phone numbers? I do. Oh, I, yeah. I remember. Uh, my first you- smartphone was a Motorola Q. Uh, and well, actually, I had another one before that. It was an, uh, another Motorola. And I'd have to remember phone numbers because I could get on the web, but we had no Wi-Fi. It was just it was awful. I, I had a 9290, and which was the first. And I did that on main menu also, a, a review of that. But before that... Blind people actually used to remember phone numbers, guys, mm-hmm. the younger listeners of the audience. We actually remembered them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you, you'd have like five zillion people's phone numbers in your head, and that was when you could remember like 16-digit credit card numbers and stuff. And now – I can't do that either, now. <laughs> either I'm old, man, or I don't know. You are. <laughs> but, <laughs> so am I. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You're I welcome. You too. Um, but yeah, so now the industry is entirely different. Back then – we didn't have a plethora of screen readers, especially a free one to choose from. We didn't have four different mobile platforms that you could choose from. We didn't have a number of PC platforms that you could choose from for assistive technology access to your information. We didn't have a lot of things that we do today. And as I sit in meetings, kind of strategizing with leadership at Serotech, we say, man, what are we going to do moving forward? Because there's two things that are going on here. I think that the most interesting part of it for me is the duality of it. As a blind person, I am so darn excited because 
never before in history have we had as much access as we have now. And yes, I acknowledge that there are gaping holes in certain aspects of our access to information. But man, it's an exciting time to be a, a blind person using technology, more so, I think, than any time, at least in my 47 years. And at the same time, as a business owner, as a technology innovator in this space, I say, man, what is there to do? You know, when you look at your Twitter feed, when you look at your Facebook feed, you don't see blindy things anymore. You don't see a lot of blindy things. You see mostly the same thing that your sighted friends are seeing. We're all talking about the same stuff. Mm-hmm. We're all reading books on the same day they're released. We're not waiting. We're not sitting two operating system versions behind. And that's exciting. But it makes for challenges for AT companies. And uh, we're embracing those things. Uh, we're doing some things. Uh, one of the things that we're really excited about is Windows 10. Windows 10 is, I think, the the 21st century version of Windows 7. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of like Windows 8 was to Windows as Vista. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. You know, and and Windows 10 though, Windows 10 is killer. It's awesome. It's still got some things to do. You know, shame on you, Microsoft, for not not giving us more accessibility in the latest update that they just released. And this is where, where what is today? Has it gotten 16th? worse, would you say? No, 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 no. The thing is that Microsoft, I, I think, and, and in my conversations with Microsoft, and I think it's safe to say this is not an NDA thing, they would rather release slow and good than fast and crappy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to accessibility. Hence the issues we have with the Edge browser, for example where the Edge browser does not have accessibility in its most uh, robust form just yet. Because they're figuring, hey, you know what? You guys already have IE. You can make IE work for now. Yeah, you're not running on the latest and greatest, but when we give you the latest and greatest, we're going to give it to you fully accessible. And the reason for that, guys, is it has a lot to do with the development of technology throughout the years. At the beginning, when AT companies created screen readers, we used to use our off-screen model Mm -hmm. a heck of a lot. Mm -hmm. The off-screen model basically says, here's the whole screen, look at it, figure out what you can, and try and make heads and tails of it and give it to the blind person. Nowadays, we have actually implemented access to a bunch of APIs things like UI automation, MSAA. MSAA has been around for years, but, you know, uh, iAccessible 2. All of these different versions of accessible UI elements, ARIA for, for the web, and all of these things are standard. They're standards that AT companies, really led by companies like GW Micro, Freedom Scientific, who are truly the innovators in this space. Mm-hmm. Companies like mine came along later and said, you guys are expensive as hell. We need to lower the price of this stuff. Yep, but, I remember. You know, but the reality is that GW Micro and Freedom at the beginning of this era really share the glory. I think that uh, at one point, GW fell behind and Freedom continued to innovate. And then we came along and did things for the web that I don't think either one of them has done to this point. Although this new version of access to the internet from JAWS for Windows looks kind of intriguing to me. Although, I'm, you know, I'm just an old dog and you can't teach me new tricks, so I, I, I'll do it our way. <laughs> you know, but I, it's kind of cool. But at the same time, is it worth paying the 1100 bucks for? 
And to that, I say, you know, hell no. I, I just don't, I don't agree with that. Why are you going to pay 1100 bucks for a screen reader that just good enough will do for the average consumer? Yes, if you're in a job situation and your livelihood depends on it, run out and pay your 1100 bucks. But if not, NVDA will work just fine. System access to go will work just fine. Our accessibility anywhere package will work just fine. I mean, you've got so many tools in that screen reader tool belt that you can pick from nowadays and platforms. That for a company like Sterotech, it's hard to pick, okay, where are we going to go? I say all that to come back in a great big circle to Windows 10. And we said, you know, Microsoft used to give all of us access to every part of the, uh, of the operating system through something called the accessibility flag, which what it used to do was kind of give you keys to the kingdom, to secret nooks and crannies of Windows mm-hmm. where people weren't allowed to go. <laughs> and as... UI automation matured, and as accessibility matured, they basically cut that out and said, we're going to sandbox what you're doing, and we are going to require you to do things this way. Because they're limiting access, what does that mean for the screen reader industry? Well, it's a great thing, again, for blind people, because what it means is that at the end of the day, all screen readers are going to be created equal. We're all going to have access to the same stuff in the operating systems. Now, that could be good and that could be bad. Now, is, right? this, is this something that we all should know? Because, you know, I, I keep abreast on how things uh, look. I don't know if the general consumer does, but are we aware well, of what's going on? I don't know. I mean, it really depends on how much you give a rip. We you as know? the general I mean, public, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm saying the general public shouldn't. Well, the only time that a consumer should really care is when they're going to go out and plunk down 1100 bucks or mm-hmm. 400 bucks or 600 bucks for their screen reader or free. Um, the other thing is, how are you going to access your information? You know, Because today, we can access information not just on our desktop or our laptop, but we can do it on tablets, we can do it on phones. Mm-hmm. We can, so there's a million different ways. So yeah, we need to know our stuff because it turns us on and because we like it. But at the same time, there's a lot of stuff that just works. And that's really the way it should be. A blind person should be able to turn on a device and have a basic familiarity with how to use it and then kind of increase their knowledge as they need it. They shouldn't have to go like it used to be to learn JAWS for Windows for 20 hours just to learn how to use Outlook Express. I mean, that's that's just kind of ridiculous to me. Mm -hmm. So what we've done at Serotech is we figured, you know, access to the internal guts of the thing is going to be about the same for everybody. What's going to end up being the real battlefield is price and UX, user experience, and UI, user interface, to this information. Because the access is going to be about the same. You know, everybody's going to have access to Word. Everybody's going to have access to this browser or that browser or whatever because they have, you know, everybody's going to obviously have access to parts of Windows. So what's going to differentiate? Well, it's going to be the keystrokes that you use, if you need scripting or not. Um, I would submit that at some point we will probably see scripting in Windows itself just because the narrator is so closely tied into the OS and it isn't very hard to think about writing scripts for narrator and deploying them through the Windows store, just downloading them for a dollar or two or ten or whatever it costs you and watching them move into your screen reader right through. And the beauty of Windows 10 is you can log on to it from anywhere and have your full experience right there. Do you see narrator getting in the way of 
IT companies like Jaws and Window Eyes are, are they in trouble because of the new no more than, of well, no, 10? no no more than no more than Apple has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not a matter of you know there were people in this industry that raised a hell of a ruckus when Bill Gates said that they were going to include a screen reader in Windows, and that was a hell of a ruckus that was raised years ago. I remember, yeah. And that was not, you know, oh, they're going to hurt the poor blind guy's company, blah, blah, blah. And, okay, I don't think the market was ready yet. However, today, first of all, Microsoft isn't the first guy to do it. They're like fourth or fifth. Depends on how much you want to grill, you know, run them over the coals. Mm-hmm. They're fourth or fifth in line to finally say, we're going to do a, you know, an operating system level screen reader. And they're doing it right. If you go and you look at Narrator... Not what it does, but go look at the functions. You want to see where Narrator is going? Go into Narrator and go look at the key assignments. And you'll see some pretty funky stuff in there like get window class and get window handle and things like that that you would never mm-hmm. route a key for. Why is that there? Uh, hello, because they're going to be doing scripting. It doesn't take much. This is not a big industry secret. If you read between the lines, you'll see where they're going. And the day that that happens, we – Freedom, GW, Dolphin, all of us are screwed in that respect. As blind people, freaking home run, man. It's mm-hmm, awesome. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? I so, sure do, yeah. You know, so what's wrong with that? That's, there's nothing wrong with that. So how does Serotech survive, <laughs> you know, in the screen reader space? Well, first of all, we lower the cost on technology. And we've done that. We've done that a while back through our Accessibility Anywhere package where you can get basically a a $400 screen reader and a $300 scanning package and $150 a year content network, basically for $21 a month, including all updates. So, I mean, we've lowered the cost on accessibility big time. The other thing you do is you, you just embrace different aspects. And for us, We've always been the company that says we don't necessarily want you from 9 to 5. We want you after 5 p.m. And we want you on the weekends and we want you when you're traveling and that kind of thing. And so to to that end, we've done that by providing a very simple, easy-to-use interface that has really embraced the consumer. Um, What Matt and I have come up with for Windows – drum roll please, is something we call Webify. Okay. And Webify sounds just like that. It's We have literally taken the Windows experience. Right now it works in the taskbar and in the desktop of Windows. And it will. we're going to be extending it out to the ribbon and a few other places. But we have literally made Windows virtually in the buffer look like a, a, a web page. Mm. So... What does that mean? It means that I can navigate around Windows using H for headers, B for buttons, E for edit boxes. You you see what I'm saying? So I can zip through Windows. And the beauty of it is because these keystrokes are consistent across platforms, from a training perspective, you just train somebody once Mm -hmm. on the basics. You see what I'm saying? And then they can learn as they get further into it. Yes. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, if you teach them the basic fundamentals, they can use a Mac, they can use Windows, they can use a tablet with a keyboard, they can use an iPhone, they can use anything. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so that's that's really kind of the concept. And is it dumbing down the is it dumbing down the experience? Yep, it is. If you're a power user, you know what? I have so many power users that use our stuff. You know why? 
because it's easy. It's automatic versus stick. Mm-hmm. You kick it and it goes. And it's kind of it was what we've always pushed. You know, we don't want to have to require our user to nip and tuck and fix and coddle their screen reader into behaving exactly the way they want it. If that's what you want, we're not for you. You know, when you drive a car, you can drive stick and you get better gas mileage and you get better control, but you also need to learn how to do it. When you're driving, you're, you're using both hands, both feet, you know, you're totally engaged as opposed to driving automatic where, hey, you know, you don't need to do that. You can, you can just basically, uh, you know, put your foot on the gas or on the brake, whatever, and just drive. And you can still, you can enjoy a, a nice day driving without having to learn all the additional functionality mm-hmm. yes. for maybe 10 or 15, 12%, 10% <clears throat> more functionality. Let me ask you, it, it sounds kind of, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, of course, because I'm just not sure, but... It sounds kind of like you're moving away from your former platform and you're delving more into the Windows experience. And uh, would I be correct in saying that you will not have your own email client any longer, uh, browser? Uh, how How is that all going to fit in with this? I'm assuming you're going to just hook into Windows and it's going to just be a much better experience with Windows Mail and all that stuff. Is Is that a correct assumption? Yes and no. Windows Mail is an accessibility nightmare. Yep, uh, yep. In Windows I'm, 10, I've heard, and and it's and it's not our fault. It's 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 Microsoft's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know, and and just like Edge, I would imagine that the attitude with Edge is prevalent in Windows Mail. When we release it, we're going to release it right. We're not going to release it at all. Um, and that is to say, you guys have IE. That's kind of Microsoft's attitude, I think, is you have IE, it's working, and when Edge is ready with all the snazzy new protocols, with UI automation, with full support for ARIA, Mm -hmm. and all that stuff, then they're going to release it. You know, and I think it's the same with the Windows client. Mm-hmm. No, what we're actually doing, Randy, is we're looking as a company and we're saying, you know what? If we're going to stay in this space, we need to start embracing a multitude of platforms. We need to start embracing them all. And the Windows experience, what we're trying to do is say, for our old customers that have system access, we want you to be able to continue to enjoy your SA experience. And we're going to change things around a bit. And the reality is that if you're not happy with what we're doing, first of all, the price of system access, if you already own it, we don't charge you for updates. It's, it, we've, we got rid of the uh, maintenance agreement years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. RIP SMA was the name of the, the promotion. Mm-hmm. So you can do that and you can continue that. But if you don't like the way we work, by all means, don't throw us away because as a blind person – the more tools you got in your toolbox that really aren't killing you financially, the better you are because we're, we're not perfect at everything we do. And by the way, neither is any other screen reader. Everybody kind of has their strong suit. You got that we, right, have yeah. al- we have always excelled on the web, always. We've always been the undisputed leader on the web. Even diehard guys like Brian Hartgen, who are like diehard JAWS people, love system access on the web. Because it has always done a killer job. We've never had forms mode and yada, yada, yada. So when we don't make the grade, go, go, go use another screen reader. By all means, use NVDA. It's free, man. Go look on another platform. Look at if you can, if you're running, let me tell you the best, you know, you know, the best machine for Windows is a Mac. 
<laughs> I've heard that. <laughs> it's true. I, I've got a MacBook Pro sitting right here, running Windows and running uh, El Capitan, uh-huh. and and it's great. And it, they're two great tastes that taste great together, man. I mean, they they work independently through boot camp or they work collectively through fusion and they work awesome and the beauty of a mac oh but macs are so expensive no they're not because you don't have to upgrade your mac i was admiring i, I passed on my first mac to my daughter the a while back she's running el capitan this is a mac from 2008 yep uh, and it's I working get, it's working awesome i gave my mother mine and she's she's doing el capitan too from it's a 2008 model yeah, I mean, and, and what Windows machine is still running from 2008? Hello? <laughs> so good luck with that. So buy your Mac, man. It's really going to give you great longevity. It's a solid machine. And, and, and you know, even the guys at, at Apple, everybody's starting to realize these lines are blurring. And these walled gardens that are being created are ridiculous because consumers are going to use what they're going to use where it's applicable. And that's where we decided, you know what, we need to look at the global landscape a little bit differently when it comes to providing access to our information, when it comes to providing access to our products and services at Serotech. And one of the biggest places, I think, one of the biggest home runs that Serotech has ever had, believe it or not, is iBlink Radio. Mm -hmm. iBlink Radio is probably one of the most used programs on the mobile platform by blind people used it myself you know it it is installed on over forty thousand blind people's cell phones televisions (laughs) no no, so yeah huh (laughs) i thought you were gonna say televisions there for a second (laughs) no not yet well actually Uh now that you mention it (laughs) iBlink is available on the apple tv no kidding Uh Nope. And, you know, we were trying to keep it a secret. It's hilarious. We were trying to keep it a secret because we wanted to wait to announce it here and in other places. And uh, somebody was like, on the day that the freaking Apple TV came out, they were like, hey, Mike, you know, when did you put out iBlink Radio? For because what happens is Apple will tattle on you. Yeah. When you install, when you get to fourth generation Apple TV, which happens to be one of the most amazing pieces of technology ever. Mm-hmm. Mm. from apple it tells you all your kind of other apple type software that you have that it has apple tv versions for ah okay and iBlink, of course is right there and mm. we are tweaking the app we just added uh some features that we're submitting to the store today um not not a lot because what we're doing is we are actually trying to rebrand to simplify Simplify, simplify, simplify is really kind of the word for the year for us mm-hmm. coming into the new year. So what we're going to do is we are going to rebrand iBlink Radio as Cero, S-E-R-O. And Cero means connected with our Cero app. And the Cero app will be available for Windows, for Mac, for iOS, for Android, for Apple TV, and for Android, you know, for the Android version of the TV as well, mm. and on the Amazon platform as well for the uh, for the Amazon uh, Kindle devices, all oh, these wow. platforms are going to have access to Cero. Wow! And we we have all that now. It's just in bits and pieces here and there. 
you know, on the desktop we have the Samnet browser, and on the and on the you know then we have iBlink for all these different platforms, and we have access on the Victor Reader stream, and we have access on this and that. We have published there. There are things that we've done that other AT vendors have not embraced. For example, we've had an API for over a year that allows third parties to tap into our products and services. For example, for Samnet, so we, you know, we they could have very easily written clients for a number of devices for the HIMS mm-hmm. devices mm-hmm. for, for uh, for any of these, and they just have chosen not to for the, even for the Victor Stream. The the folks over at, uh, uh, at Humanware have just decided that hey, you know, they're going to keep it the old fashioned way uh, without uh, accessing our API. But the API has been published, and if anybody out there wants to use the API to develop a piece of software. Uh, they're welcome to do so. We, we we have absolutely no problem in sharing our API with people. Now, I can't but, remember, sorry, uh, I can't remember, Mike, um, the name of the product offhand. I'm sure I'll think of it when we're done, but are you going to go after the Barnes & Noble market as well? Oh, the Nook. The, the, the nook? nook? There you no, go. No, no okay. it's, not, it's not worth it. It's not, there's not enough. I mean, we we have some blind folks, you know, that are using, that are using the Kindle, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Kindle, but the Kindle app is just as good on iOS or anything else. Mm -hmm. So, you know, but we had to be there. You know, the one thing that I think is really exciting about Cero is that we're going to bring our voice chat to it. We're going to bring team. Yeah, we're bringing bringing team talk to the mobile platform. So we're bringing it to Android. We're bringing it to iOS. Now that's got me excited. Me too. And as soon as we have access to the Apple TV, meaning as soon as Apple gives us access to the microphone, mm-hmm. you're going to have it on your Apple TV as well. The beauty of the Apple TV, people still don't understand that you've got this client, man, in the Apple TV that is just simply amazing. Mm-hmm. Once once you install that, you've got a whole world available to you without a computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with voiceover, I mean, for a lot of people, that's all they ever need. Mm-hmm. You know, um, VR, when it comes to folks getting VR, you know, a vocational rehabilitation just for elderly people or whatever, they're giving them an iPhone or an iPad and saying, you know, have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the community, this is the beauty of it. The community is supporting itself. You've got some very, very entrepreneurial blind folks who are out there charging 15, 20 bucks an hour and training other blind people on how to use it. Are they certified by Apple? No. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if you know how to use, hey Randy, you know how to use an iPhone, dude. I'll pay you a hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just what I what I did. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you a hundred bucks, and if you show me, I mean, let's spend five hours together. Uh-huh. Let's yeah. get up on Skype or whatever, or or call me on the phone and walk me through, so I don't throw my thing through a wall. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. and that's it. And it helps blind folks help one another financially. It helps us kind of relate as a community and understand each other. And it really builds community. Mm-hmm. It builds community and it builds interoperability. And it gives us the opportunity to reach out to product and service providers and software developers one-to-one, you know, consumer business to consumer, consumer to business, as opposed to going through an organization. I know you guys are sponsored by ACB and, and, and what ACB and NFB does is wonderful. However, blind people need to have an, an individual voice as well as a collective one. And I think that the availability of all of these platforms and the independence that they give us as blind people is amazing in the way that we can advocate for ourselves. And if we really need to bring in a bunch of other 
you know, really militant blind people that are like a, you know, a text message away or an eye message away or whatever, you know, and we can do that, you know, but, but first and foremost, we have the tools to advocate for ourselves, to, to, to research information, to travel independently, to look for local information, and also to find those little niche programs that, you know, that only a few people like, but it's really important for you to have access to that. So you go and you befriend the developer and you say, Hey, can you make this work for me a little bit better? And that's that's really where we're going. Is we Cero is going to provide access to the Samnet, uh, to, to which is going to be rebranded just as Cero. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to bring the mobile chat. We're going to open up the platform so that you can uh, use all the features of iBlink Radio and the features of what we currently call Samnet. We're going to provide a, a freemium model where we give you stuff for free and we embed advertising and things like that and cut the cost down. You're going to see some cost cuts, and the reasons for it are that it's costing us less to run things. You know, a year ago, we had to make some harsh business decisions. You know, we've gone on to, you know, cut down new trees and open up new vistas and make ways for new things where we can. In the day of the $7.99 or $8.99 Netflix thing, it's not appropriate for us to be charging you 15 bucks a month. Mm-hmm for access to our services. And we're not going to do that. I'm not ready to say the price, but I assure you that after the beginning of the year, you're going to see a price drop Mm -hmm. from us. And we're going to be um, a lot more aggressive in making sure that anybody can use our products and services, whether it be for a day, whether it be for a, a month or for a year. We're going to look at other platforms that we've had in the past, like Accessible Event, and bring those into Ciro. With the advent of Ciro, we're going to have the ability to uh, perhaps bring DocuScan Plus into the platform as well. Perhaps not to scan documents from the, from the phone, but at least to access your information, to access all your documents and, and things like that. So we, we have a, a number of things, and I want to invite the, the listeners, um, because I tend to be chatty and jump around to different places, because I, I hate hate, hate, hate providing people just these corporate presentations where we're a bunch of talking heads and we have five different bullet points to prove and we leave. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my opportunity yep. for people to hear the heart of what our company is. And you can read all the five bullet points at our blog. <laughs> you just go, yeah. to Cerotech, <laughs> go to Cerotech.com and you can read the non-Calvo blah, blah, blah version and that uh, that Matt and I put together. And it's an article up there on the blog and it's available today. And you can read it, and you can find out all the technology goodness that we're doing. But the, the, the bottom line is, guys, that Serotech is here. We're still innovating. We're still looking. And I think that in light of all the mergers and acquisitions that are going on, it is important that people realize that everybody is rearranging the chairs. It's like musical chairs. And at the end of the day, some of us are rearranging chairs on the Titanic. (laughs) And some of us are rearranging chairs because, you know, we have decided to look forward and to innovate. But, you know, we need to be vigilant as companies. We need to make sure that we move forward and that we also, as blind people, we find ourselves in danger of one thing, and that is that we we want so much what we used to have because people are resistant to change that by having those things and continuing to push a company to create only those things, what we're actually doing is we're stifling innovation from the mainstream to better provide for our needs, if that makes sense. It does, yeah. It sucks. 
it sucks to be us sometimes because what is this? Uh, the third or fourth time we did it with uh, with Windows or with DOS when DOS switched over, and then we did it with Windows, and then when we finally got this piece of glass that you could touch and do gestures with, how many times we're going to have to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, every time that we do one of these kind of digital dark ages that we go through, where there are aspects of our digital experience that are hindered because of the lack of access from an AT company and the lack of accessibility from a product or service provider. Ultimately, they get worked out. Yes. And we benefit because we end up getting a mainstream accessible product. And that's the key here is keep encouraging Apple, keep encouraging Google, keep encouraging Microsoft, keep encouraging Amazon. Amazon created their own screen reader, guys, for the Kindle. It's not TalkBack. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. It is their own. Oh, yeah. You know who they got working over there? What's that? Our buddy, Mark Mulcahy. Oh, I didn't know. Is that where he is? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. Wow. He is over there and, and Peter Korn. Uh-huh. And they're kicking butt and taking names. Uh-huh. You know, That's so, terrific. I mean, you know, when you've, got, when you've got superstars like those guys in the mainstream with the millions of dollars and resources, even the guys at Facebook, I'll tell you, I'll be very candid and say I was very, very hesitant about embracing Facebook accessibility and the, the what I consider to be the Facebook BS of accessibility <laughs> yeah. because it was just such a freaking nightmare for us. But you know what? Those guys over there are doing something and they're moving and they're growing. Yeah. And they're and they're making the world a more accessible place. And that's important. So they're listening. It just takes a while. And as blind people, we need to decide in the big picture. I know in the short term it hurts. Because when your freaking screen reader is broken and it's the new version of version 9 point this or, or version 10 point that and your embedded screen reader is broken and you sub- submit your bug report and it doesn't get fixed within 24 hours or 48 hours, you get pissed off and, and you're really frustrated. But at the end of the day, you're a bug just like any other bug mm-hmm. in the OS. Mm-hmm. You know, and you need to understand that everybody's got their prioritization. And Jonathan very Jonathan Mosen uh, stated at one point, if Apple wants to be an AT company, they need to pay attention as an AT company would. And I agree with that. I think that if they've accepted AT as one of the things that they're going to be responsible in in their OS, they need to embrace it. But they also need us as consumers to continue to constructively badger them Mm -hmm. and call them to accountability where they fall short. And for those of us who are technologists to say, you know what, this is what we think you can do using your platform or whatever, because a lot of these companies are not suffering from stupidity. They're suffering from ignorance. And there are people, uh, Chris Hofstetter, I'm speaking to you, um, <laughs> who would probably disagree with me. I love Chris. Chris is a, a close and dear friend, and we fight about these things all the time. Because Chris, and understandably so, is kind of soured on the whole AT space as to the level of accessibility, because we all want it now. We all want it yesterday. These standards have been in place for so many years. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, we're not the only people in the world. You know, We are a minority, and that sucks, but it's the truth. 
And it's a truth that, you know, we still, no matter how you cut it, have a lot more accessibility today than we did 10 years ago, 12 years ago, 14 years ago. And you know what's just as important as we have more accessibility now? We also have wider availability to it. People in developing countries, we in the United States, in Europe, and in Canada, we're spoiled. You know, oh, we've got I four, agree. I totally four agree. or five screen readers to mm-hmm. pick from. We've got a bunch of Braille displays. And we got, you know, when you look at places in Africa and in the Philippines and stuff where in India, where phones, Android phones, and, mm-hmm. and these they're just getting into, and, I mean, man, that, that's exciting. And data as well. They don't have access to data like we would here normally. Well, now, well, that that used to be. Now, because it's so inexpensive, the reason the United States is behind where it is on data infrastructure mm-hmm. is because we pay for everything long term, and we're still paying for old data infrastructure. You know, you get a developing country that has never had data, and they're putting in data now. Well, they're going to put in, you know. LTE stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. They're not going to have to go through 2G and 3G and 4G. They, you know, they're yeah. going to go straight to LTE and then they're going to go to 5G right away because, the, you know, the things are going to be backwards compatible and it's just going to be a chip that they upgrade or whatever. But here in the States, we're still dealing. I mean, we still got tons and tons of dark fiber here that were laid back in the early 90s mm-hmm. that we've never taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. It costs us to do these things and it costs a lot more for us because we have a lot higher cost of labor here. We have unions, we have this, we have that. And in these other places, they just, they, they throw it together and it's a lot of it is wireless. We have a lot of wired infrastructure here mm-hmm. in the United States and that costs money to maintain and, and, and that kind of thing. So the excitement of that, the excitement of knowing that our blind brothers and sisters in developing countries where blind people are beggars, guys, where blind people are raised in caves in some cases, where blind people are ostracized or drowned at birth, and it sounds barbaric, but it happens, or put into prostitution, or done a number of things that we would consider to be horrendous because society is so ignorant to their abilities. To see that we can give those adults technology that is inexpensive and very powerful and give them the opportunity to be constructive and active parts of their society, man, that's huge. And that's what makes me the most excited about the future of AT. Not what is Serotech going to do. You know, whether Serotech lasts the next 15 years or not, I don't know. And people cringe whenever I say that. Oh my God, he's saying it's going to close down. No. You know, I'm a, I'm a business owner. I'm going to fight like hell to keep this thing going and do what I need to do without selling my customer short. But at the end of the day, a business is a business. If it doesn't make enough money, we ultimately shut it down. That's not the case right now because we've been able to meet or exceed what we need to make to keep the lights on. At the end of the day, I'm excited as a blind person. You know, I've told people for years that being blind is nothing more than an inconvenience. And that was true for me for a number of years because, you know, I had accessibility. I had technology. I had a a group of people that could program a screen reader. I had a lot of accessible tools available to me that were not available to everybody. And now they're available to everybody. When you can walk into AT&T and get an iPhone for free, Mm -hmm. that's amazing. It's a 5S or a 5. So 5 or 5S are pretty strong phones still. Mm -hmm. I think it's a great time to be us, and it's an exciting time. When you see an older person with macular degeneration 
or whatever, or if, if there's a newly blinded person listening to this, be encouraged because there was a time where all people like me had was a tape recorder and a brailler, neither one of which people probably use much anymore. <laughs> but I'm not advocating for not using braille. I think braille is a very important thing. Nowadays, we're using the same tools as our sighted counterparts, uh, the same tools as for those of us who have uh, unfortunately lost our sight at a later age, the same tools that we were using when we were sighted, there's access to those now that we're visually impaired as well. And that, to me, guys, is just exciting. That's why I'm glad to be here evangelizing for accessibility. And Serotech is going to continue to do that. Again, if you want to read the nitty-gritty, down and dirty as to what we're doing, exactly word for word, look at it and pick it apart and say, well, what did he mean when he said this? And what did he mean when he said that? You can visit www.serotek.com and check out the blog and learn about anything you need to learn about. And when is this big shift coming? When are people going to start noticing all the new things at Serotek? Well, you can go to the App Store now Mm -hmm. and download the version of iBlink for the Apple TV. You can already go into System Access and play with the Webify view. It's optional. You can turn it on or off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you want Windows to work the way it did, it will. But if you like the Webify view, which I love the Webify view, it's awesome, then you can. And is there still going to be a trial subscription if we want to try before we buy? Oh, sure. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's, right. uh, nothing else has changed. Okay. Nothing has changed. And, and you can go right to serotech.com and you can see all of our pricing. The Accessibility Anywhere package is there. We're going to be lowering the prices very soon. I don't want to defer people from buying. What we will do is if we get people that, you know, within a couple of months of us lowering the prices, what we'll do is we'll probably extend out your subscription. So don't hesitate to buy now. We'll just extend out your subscription. You know, there's really no kind of release. We we are one of those companies and everybody, you know, it's interesting. Everybody, even the mainstream is kind of following what we did where we got rid of version numbers a long time ago. Mm-hmm. We got rid, rid of release schedules. If you, if you own system access or whatever, you know that we're usually doing about a release a week, you know, at least every two weeks. Or very rarely does a two-week period go by without us giving you a release of some kind with bug fixes or whatever. We're very active. And because you can buy our product with no SMAs, it really is the most affordable commercial product. I mean, NVDA, nothing beats free. And support for NVDA from third parties has gotten better. But it's still spotty and it's still a little difficult for the for the novice or the new beginner, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where Serotech is, is strong. Oh, and I almost forgot. I almost forgot. One of the really important things, we had to go for a while to a fully automated system for making appointments mm-hmm. to get people to get support. And quite candidly, the reason we did that is because we needed to weed out a few bad apples. Mm-hmm. Because what was happening was people were coming to us and saying, hey, we need help with this, Mm -hmm. and we need help with that. And because your screen reader is installed on my system, I think you need to give us support. And our people were spending more time giving support for third-party stuff that we had nothing to do with. Oh, my computer's running slow because I think I got a virus. Oh, my antivirus program isn't working this way. And oh, I need you to help me configure Microsoft Office. And I need, wait a minute. Mm. So we kind of weeded out the people who took advantage of the system. Said, okay, goodbye. <laughs> they left because, oh, you guys don't give us what we used to get before. Okay, well, see ya. You know, and I'm a big believer in firing customers if I have to. 
Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make sense. And this is not a free lunch. This is a business. And I've, I've said it before, and I'm blind, so I can say it. You know, we as blind people have a certain sense of entitlement that needs to go. We weeded that out. And we said, okay, now we're bringing back a person. And she is a really sweet, sweet, sweet filter. Her name's Rhonda. And Rhonda is going to answer the phone with that sweet southern drawl of hers. And bless your heart, how can I help you? <laughs> What's the Probably number? Not doing her justice. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's uh, it, it's our six one two two four six four eight one eight. And you're basically she's going to ask you your situation, and she's going to tell you what you can do. She's either going to send you information via email. She's going to make an appointment for you to get on with one of our support staff. Or she's going to send you to the appropriate place, and I don't mean Hades. I mean she's going to send you to she's going to send you to Microsoft or Apple or or Google or whoever. She's going to have her phone numbers ready, and she's also going to take customer feedback. She's going to help you do things with you know with your account if you need to change your credit card number and all that stuff. And we're not getting rid of our automated features because mm-hmm. a lot of folks overseas found that those were really handy for them. Mm-hmm. I want to say one side of me I'm conflicted. Because about publicly admitting, oh, we were wrong. I don't think we were wrong. I do think we were abrupt in the way we handled just cutting off access to support. We went from totally 100% support to, ah, you got to make an appointment. You got to jump through a few hoops. And unfortunately, it was just because of a few bad apples Mm -hmm. that really, really screwed things up. And, uh, you know, it's taken us almost a year. Those of you that have stuck with us, thank you. Those of you that have gone away, you may want to come back and give Serotech a look. You know, we're not dead yet, and we're not planning on dying anytime in the near future. That's good. That's good. There you go. We look forward to your success. I intend on trying some of the stuff out that you have to offer. Yeah, I look I look forward to yeah. the Webify. And that's yeah, true. I, I, that's true. Yeah, we really want – you know, one of the things about Webify that's really cool is if it gets a good reception – Matt and I have been talking about Webify, believe it or not, for about five or six years. Mm-hmm. We are excited, and, and we are going to continue to innovate. We're going to continue to grow. And Webify, we want to bring Webify to office because the ribbon just drives oh, us nuts. Uh, me too. I hate it. <laughs> By Webifying the office experience, I think it's going to be a lot easier for a lot of us to get access to stuff. Thanks a lot, Mike. You're yes, welcome, this, guys. This has Rock been on. fantastic. Thank it you. Has, yep. Thank you. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. What we thought we'd like to do is chat with you guys a little bit because you really haven't heard much from the hosts. That's true. We've of been main menu. Busy answering questions and listening like you. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, yes. So we'd like to come on here and say hi and uh, we'd like to talk just a little bit about um well, I'd like to talk just a little bit about my Saratech experience. And then we'll kind of move on to some other things. In other words, what we're doing right now is called a show filler, and uh, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with that. But we thought you'd like to hear from us and um, just uh, talk with you guys just a bit. All right. Let me just talk a little bit about my experience with Saratech. Not about the company, but just about my experience with System Access. Now, with System Access, I had a really good time with it. I honestly didn't use the screen reader portion of it very much although it was an, a nice product uh, I used uh, a lot of the network hmm. and what I would do is I loved to get on what was called the forums section and the forum section I don't know if you know about this Jason but um, 
what the forums were were places that people could go. They would create them. And there'd be an old time radio forum. There'd be a computer forum. In those days, in those days, uh, mm-hmm. they had a netbook forum. Now, do you remember netbooks and what they were all about? I remember those things. Uh, yeah. Okay, I had a really nice one. It was an HP solid aluminum netbook, and it was really cool. It ran XP and had one gig of RAM, and it was really nice. It did what I wanted to do for a while, and then, uh, and then it didn't. Had a great mic on it. Um, mm. It was HP 2140, for those of you who care. But I would get on the forums, and what was so cool about the forums was you could leave audio messages. So a person would create a forum, it would be your subject, in other words, and then you could hit uh, the... uh, you could hit a button and you could record. It was a record button. You could record and then people could respond to your forum. And what I would do is... So it was like a voice chat then? It, well, it was a voice chat, but it wasn't real time. It was recording. Yeah. And what was cool about it is you could help so many people on the system access network. I found myself teaching a lot of people how I did things how I recorded, and I I do lots of demonstrations and things like that, and I had a great time on it. So that was probably my favorite thing that I like to do is get on the forums. Uh, man, there were just so many forums on so many different things, and I've been away from it for a couple of years, but I'm hoping that's still going on. Cool. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I had some experience with system access a while back. I believe it was maybe 2003 or four. And at the time, I was running Linux on my computer pretty exclusively, and so I didn't have access to a really fancy web browser. All I had was Lynx, L-Y-N-X, like the cat, as a browser, and it was very textual. It had no fancy JavaScript capabilities. I was locked out of some sites that required that functionality. And so I got wind of system access running on Linux, and I forget all the details, but I loved whenever I ran into a site that needed more than just a text browser, I would load up system access and use the browser and I could see those other functions and how it made the computer easy for people to use if they didn't want to learn all about computers. They just wanted a nice sort of menu-driven system. Mm-hmm. That, about 2000 and what? Two, I think, did you say? I think it was 2003 mm-hmm. or four. Interesting. Yeah, I, I can remember at the, in those days uh, running a copy of Freedom Box on my machine, and oh, those were the days. Uh, some, oh yes, some that's times. right. Yeah, I think it, it was it was it Freedom Box back then, so it wasn't mm-hmm. System Access. Okay. Uh, Freedom Box around two thousand and two. Uh, okay. Or so, but uh, yeah, some good times, and I didn't use the voice search function myself because. Uh, for me, it wasn't as fast, and 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 let's face it, guys, it was pretty glitchy. Mm-hmm. The idea was great, so uh, I applaud those uh, that were involved with it because it really was something that was tried and tested, and, and it, it worked somewhat. Um, the thing that I found, I don't know if you remember this or not, but there was a program before that. Well, I don't, I don't remember the name of it, but the point is you could hook an FM transmitter up to your computer and with a remote control, tune into all kinds of radio stations uh, via the mm. internet and have it transmitted all over your house. And oh, that's cool. That was done through Mike's innovation. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
I wanted one in the worst way, and <laughs> I never did get it. But if, <laughs> if I had everything that I wanted back then, I could have easily spent just tons and tons of money. <laughs> oh, I think if I had everything I wanted, I'd have no room to live in my house. Oh, uh, I know. <laughs> okay, well, on to other things. If you're interested in looking up, just do a search on Mike Calvo, and uh, you'll find all kinds of information about the, I think it's webcast or telcast. Anyway, you'll find out all kinds of information about the things that he's uh, played around with and invented and some really fascinating stuff. Yes. All right. Let's just move on really quickly to Be Specular. Yes, that was quite an interview we had last week. Yeah, it was. I hope you guys enjoyed that. We're really looking forward to the release, and we're also looking forward to trying that out. So I hope you guys do, too. We think mm-hmm. it's really going to be an innovative product. So I'm. Yeah, yeah. I, I signed up for the beta, and okay. uh, I, I've yet to hear back, but everything went well, mm-hmm. and I look forward to uh, helping them develop, helping them by providing feedback. Yeah, and they want to keep up with Jason and myself. They want to keep in contact with us. Not that they can, yep. not that they could keep up with us. <laughs> I mean, who could? I mean, really? I know I can't even keep up with myself. <laughs> can't either. So uh, interesting stuff. I hope you like that interview that we did, and mm-hmm. I hope that uh, you guys sign up for the beta and give it a really good test drive and give us some good feedback. Yes. Android. Hmm. Great oh, interview. Yes. Great interview with Nimmer. It had lots of good information. It was pretty packed. It sure was. Uh, And I know it's really frustrating sometimes for everyone dealing with iTunes. I know it is for me. And there are some people out there that may be iTunes experts, and I'm not one of them. Well, I used to consider myself a pretty good iTunes expert on the Mac side, but it has changed on the Mac side, too. And although I can still get around pretty well... It feels a little clunkier than it used to with the voiceover. I was going to ask you about that because uh, you're a Mac user and you use iTunes. And mm-hmm. How do you feel uh, about uh, working with iTunes in general now? Uh, I don't like it as much as I used to. I still have it all set up the way I want it and I, all my music is easily accessible. But jumping around quickly isn't as easy as it used to be. I have to work navigating to menus and through things differently than I used to. For those of you who know me personally uh, through the Internet, no, I'm really not an iTunes fan. But that's neither here nor there. I I just think they could have done it a lot easier putting content onto your iDevice. But again, that's just my personal opinion. Well, and I've heard it suggested before, too, that it would be nice if the whole syncing aspect were in a separate app so that you could have iTunes as a player, maybe to buy music, and then the syncing would happen separately. Yeah. Oh, I know. I, I, I really find myself listening to a lot more streaming content. Now that's cool. Apple Music, Pandora, and some of these other streaming music services, I find them fascinating. I like all mm-hmm. tunes. I like a lot of the streaming content. I find myself streaming to my phone a lot more than I do putting content on my phone, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you can even use Dropbox, put a bunch of files there temporarily that you want to stream while you're out and access those and play them. I mean, I've done that before. For those of you who are interested, I have several apps that I use to work in conjunction with Dropbox, like Evermusic and some other ones that make syncing to Dropbox very easy for the iDevice. So, you know, if you guys are interested in hearing about some of this stuff, just uh, drop us a line and yep. we'll uh, get some of these demonstrations done. 
Now, I didn't even know about the, some of those apps you just mentioned, so okay. <laughs> now's the time for me to explore. <laughs> All right. Well, I will get with you on that. And, uh, Jason, you can fill in the appropriate information to get a hold of us, and we'll yep. just go from there. I want to say it's really been nice speaking with you the way we have been for these last few minutes. And we're going to come on from time to time and talk with you guys, and you could get to know us a little bit better. <laughs> if you really want to. <laughs> <laughs> and I have some Mac tips and things I plan on sharing over time. And I use GarageBand and I found some global system things that work well for me uh, rather than depending solely on the voiceover command. So I don't know. I think I got some things up my sleeve. I really think that's a good idea. That's a good thought because you use GarageBand. I attempted to play around with GarageBand and I like to play around with some of the gating functions, but mm -hmm. I can't get my head wrapped around GarageBand. I just, uh, it's it takes more than... Um, well, I think it's it probably like, it's probably like any other editor. You gotta really spend some time with it. But uh, a good buddy of mine, Jeff Thompson, over there on Audio Boom, who I'm hoping will do some stuff with us on ACB Radio. He's a neat guy, and for those yeah. of you who know Jeff Thompson, he's really cool. And um, he uses Amadeus Pro rather than GarageBand. So maybe you okay. could do a little talk on Amadeus Pro sometime and talk sure. about GarageBand because I'm interested in that kind of stuff. So don't worry, guys. You're going to hear a lot from us, and we will talk about the knowledge or lack thereof. <laughs> <laughs> but everybody will learn something, we're hoping. So stick with us, and we'll be glad to come to you from time to time and, and speak. Sounds good. All right. So thanks, everybody, for being with us on Main Menu. We always welcome your feedback at Main Menu, so you can feel free to email us, mainmenu at acbradio.org. More information is available at our website, mainmenu.acbradio.org. Did you know you can listen with the new ACB Link app? Get it in the iOS App Store today. It provides all resources for ACB and ACB Radio in one place. You can also listen by phone, 605-475-8130. We're working on getting our Twitter feed up and running, so stay tuned for info about that. Don't forget, if there's something that you want to share with Main Menu regarding technology and accessibility, let us know. I know that we're planning to do a show providing listeners with an overview of what and what not to do when providing a recording. Alrighty, have a great week, and we'll see you all again next Friday. <laughs>